This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. Hello there. This is Brian, Warren, and Jennifer from the Wabash Valley Power Alliance Economic Development Team. Together with 19 rural electric member cooperatives, we serve communities in 48 Indiana counties. And we're proud to sponsor today's IEDA In Your Ear podcast. Enjoy. For this podcast, I'm speaking with Jackie Swihart, the Indiana Main Street Program Coordinator. Now, the program has been operating in Indiana since 1985, uh, and Jackie is going to share how the program operates, some of the successes of the program in the past, and some changes that are going to be announced soon for the program. So, Jackie, thank you very much for being with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lee. Okay, so let's start. I'm sure that, that some of our members are familiar with the Main Street program, but let's start with an overview of Indiana Main Street. Uh, what's the overall intent of the program? So I'll be honest and say that the hardest part of my job is figuring out what my elevator speech should be for Indiana Main Street because it is truly so many different things. But the best way I know how to describe it in a few sentences is that we are a coordinating program of the National Main Street Center, which is now branded as Main Street America. So your listeners might be familiar with that national organization, and we are a coordinating program of that. And the program itself, it really does encourage economic development and revitalization of downtown areas. And it does that by emphasizing historic preservation as a tool for economic development as well as development of traditional downtown resources and assets. And the organization, their activities at the local level are implemented through a comprehensive work plan that encompasses four broad areas. And that's what we refer to in the Main Street world as the Main Street four-point approach. And the four points that make up the Main Street four-point approach are economic vitality, design, promotion, and organization. Uh, Just to kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about with each of those four points, economic vitality really focuses on the capital incentives and other economic and financial tools to assist new and existing businesses. Also, they look at catalyzing property development, creating a supportive environment for entrepreneurs and innovators, all to help drive local economies. With design, it's really looking at supporting a community's transformation by enhancing the physical and visual assets that set the commercial district apart. And a lot of times it has to do with those historic buildings you see in a lot of our downtowns. With promotion, it's positioning the downtown or commercial district as the center of the community and as a hub of economic activity and also trying to create a positive image that showcases the community's unique characteristics. And lastly, that fourth point, organization, involves creating a strong foundation for a sustainable revitalization effort. And that could include cultivating partnerships, community involvement, resources for the district. Most local Main Street programs are designated 501c3 nonprofit organizations. So that organizational health is definitely a big priority. But uh, we, as a coordinating program of Main Street America, um, I should also mention that the Indiana Main Street program is housed within the Indiana Office of Community and Rural Affairs. Um, So we are embedded in state agency 
but we as a coordinating program provide support for the implementation of local strategies to really help stimulate that long-term growth and pride in the heart of communities and their downtown core. Pride is a big part of Main Street. So how many uh, different Main Street programs are there uh, throughout Indiana? Right now, we have 128. And where does, and so how is the funding structure? So, so you obviously, uh, you know, are, are sort of a local branch. Maybe that's the wrong word, but sort of a local affiliate of the national program. Uh, where does your funding come from? How are the local organizations funded? Yeah, so that, that's a good question because um, coordinating programs around the country, their funding looks differently depending on where you are. Same with the local level. Um, in Indiana, we use our dedicated state funds plus our community development block grant funds for technical assistance. And the dedicated fund that we use is called the Rural Economic Development Fund. So if we're funding a larger city, we typically pay from our general fund, but basically the funding comes from state funds. Some other coordinating programs in the country, um, not all of them are housed within state government. So our neighbors in Ohio, um, they're actually a nonprofit organization who ad they administer their, their coordinating program. They're kind of the equivalent of Indiana landmarks in Indiana. So, you know, the, the coordinating program can look differently. Some can be nonprofits, some can be embedded in state agencies, but in Indiana, we are, like I said, part of OCRA. I will also mention here that Main Street America, they are currently coordinating some serious advocacy efforts in response to the pandemic. And they're asking Congress for $100 million to be included in the upcoming stimulus. And really, they're, they're hoping to sustain and expand that work of Main Street leaders over the next 12 to 24 months. So what they're advocating for there, specifically, they're advocating for 75% of that funding to go toward Main Street coordinating programs like Indiana Main Street that would be used for training and technical assistance to local entities and direct grants to local entities to help support operations and professional development. And then they're also advocating for 25% of those funds to be dedicated to small business support uh, facilitated by local Main Street programs to help transition operations to align with the needs resulting from COVID-19. And that could include online retailing, marketing, and implementing social distancing guidelines. So we don't typically receive uh, operating support from Main Street America, but that is something new that they're trying really hard to advocate for. So crossing our fingers, that might come our way. <laughs> so talk a little bit about, uh, because the program has been operating in the state for a number of years, so, so talk about what has been some of the collective impact of the program over the time it's been operating in Indiana. One thing that we do with Indiana Main Street is we collect annual reporting from organizations every year. And that really gives us that, that data in numbers that tells us what the impact is. So since 1985, we have some data on what Indiana Main Street communities have achieved. They've achieved over 4,000, almost 5,000 net new and expanded businesses, almost 30,000 net full and part-time jobs, $3.5 billion in private reinvestment, $2 billion in public reinvestment, over 9,000 building rehabilitation projects, 
over 9,000 new housing units, and over 2,000 public improvement projects. So if you're a numbers person, that should uh, resonate with you. Um, in 2019 alone, we saw that local Main Street programs had over 7,000 volunteers and they logged 158,000 volunteer hours. So the thing about Main Street, it really is a community-driven uh, process. So, and one of our favorite things, this came from our data in 2019, for every $1 used to support a local Main Street program, an average of $56 in new investment was leveraged. And that really makes Main Street one of the most successful economic development strategies in America. It's been around for 40 years, Main Street approach, it's tried and true and it works. So, and, and as you, you may or may not know, so I, I'm, I take a lot of photographs primarily of, of sort of historic architecture around the state of Indiana. And I've probably noticed in the last maybe six or eight years, I mean, when I first started taking photos in Indiana's downtowns and taking pictures of, of, of old buildings, uh, sometimes I felt as though I was taking the last photos of those buildings because, you know, I would go back a year or two later and they'd be gone. But I've really noticed in the last, in the last five or six years, there's been a real renaissance in a lot of Indiana's downtowns. I've really seen a lot of rehab of those structures. I've seen a lot of new, small, unique businesses coming in. I worry about, though, now the impact of the pandemic on on our downtowns uh, because, you know, it, it seems to me that it's probably had a negative impact on on the restaurants, those small, unique businesses that are, are endemic to downtown. So how have you been able to respond or how are some of the Main Street programs around the state uh, ramping up to respond to the impact of the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd love to brag on some of the local initiatives that Main Streets have really been able to coordinate in response to COVID-19. Uh, there has been a bit of a, a pause on those historic preservation efforts, and I've noticed that there's more emphasis on that piece on economic vitality and supporting small businesses. Our friends over at Indiana Landmarks, they actually did a feature article on how downtown communities are pivoting amid the pandemic. So for all of your listeners, be sure to check that article out. I think the title of it was Taking Care of Business on Main Street. But some of the responses we've seen have, like I said, been really catered toward supporting small businesses. In Madison, the Madison Main Street program, they worked with the Community Foundation of Madison and Jefferson County to offer grants reimbursing up to half of a business's rent or mortgage costs during the month of May. And they also pivoted their fourth Friday events to a virtual format where they did featured videos of shop owners and they featured their businesses, provided contact information so that viewers could follow up, buy a gift card or whatever else they might wanna buy. Uh, in Shelbyville, Shelbyville Main Street partnered with the Blue River Community Foundation and Shelby County Development Corporation to pay local attorneys to help small businesses apply for disaster relief loans or paycheck protection. And they also did something really fun where they deployed downtown dollars and for every $25 spent on local gift cards, the program, the Main Street program, then provided 10 additional dollars that could be used at local shops. 
We also saw Lawrenceburg Main Street partnering with the city of Lawrenceburg to award more than $270,000 in emergency grants to small businesses. And then I love this one in Jefferson, Jeffersonville Main Street, they launched an online crowdfunding campaign, raised over $15,000 to help small businesses. But they also hired a local artist to create inspiring chalk art messages on sidewalks in front of downtown businesses to help promote that sense of welcoming and positivity in a time when everybody needed a little bit of that. So, you know, we're really seeing local Main Street organizations step up and show their community support, especially for small businesses throughout the pandemic, which has helped reinforce that sense of community pride at the state level. Uh, in response to COVID-19, our coordinating program responded primarily through educational efforts, as well as the creation of a new grant program that we called Taking Care of Main Street. And we awarded $45,000 grants to local Main Street programs whose operating budgets were significantly impacted by the pandemic. Most of our local programs rely on major fundraising events, usually annual events, and the sponsorships associated with those events to fundraise. And with all the events being canceled due to COVID this year, we wanted to do something to help soften that blow. And so we're hoping to um, provide a second round of that funding in early 2020, 2021 as well. So you talked about educational efforts. Um, as, so I'd like to talk a little bit about the kind of support that you provide to those local Main Street programs. And, and, and I think because this has been such a unique year, I think we've all sort of stepped up our training efforts um, and our sort of outreach to some of our members. So talk about maybe in a, in a normal year, but then also this year, what kind of support do you normally provide to those local programs? What kind of training and education things have you been able to offer this year? Uh, so just generally, uh, how do you coordinate with those, with those local programs? Yeah, that's a great question. So it might be a little long-winded, but one, one thing we've been working on since I joined Okra last year was to really improve our ability to be partners to local Main Street programs in the true sense of the word. Uh, when I first started, I definitely recognized that many local programs saw Okra and Indiana Main Street more as the regulators of the program, which makes because we as a coordinating program are responsible for things like accreditation and designation. But I, I did kind of see that that some folks saw us more as that regulator than as a partner. And you know, like I said, we do have 128 designated programs in the state. Just to put that into context, which will kind of foreshadow why we're making some changes to the program. Main Street America, they recommend that there be one coordinator at the state level for every 10 or 15 designated local programs. Up until this year, we only had one coordinator for 128. So as anyone might imagine, it's really challenging to show up as a partner, again, in that true sense of the word when you have so many programs and people that you owe allegiance to. Um, and like I said, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I know we'll talk about some of the changes here shortly, uh, but we did recognize that there's room to grow and be stronger in that area of partnership. But even before this year and these changes, 
we absolutely consider ourselves partners to local stakeholders. Typically speaking, our coordinating program at OCRA acts as a convener of people at the state and local levels. Our agency, for those who don't know, we have six community liaisons who live and work out of their designated regions throughout the state, and they really act as the front door to state government for communities. So OCRA, we often have a presence at Main Street meetings and we offer technical assistance services. That could include board and strategic development, work plan development, mission and vision statement development, and so on. So not only are we available to be there for the local Main Street program to help strengthen the foundation of their organization, but we also actively try to bridge any gaps and strengthen relationships among local leaders as well. So I've definitely been in meetings with local Main Street organizations who have invited mayors, the chamber, and other local leaders. And part of my job and what we do at Indiana Main Street and OCRA is to help align efforts across different groups. Sometimes we see a lot of confusion about where and how the Main Street organization fits into these other existing groups. And so, yeah, my job is really to help come in act as a convener and connector of people and ideas. So that's typically our, our, our traditional role. Um, this year has been a little bit different because of COVID-19. So even though we did see Main Street programs across the state stepping up and supporting their local economy and their residents right away, at the coordinating level, we knew that in order for local programs to overcome the challenges that they were seeing locally, they were gonna have to make sure that they were in a strong position to do so first. It's kind of like when you're on an airplane and they tell you to put your mask on before helping others. That's not only true literally now that we're all masked up, but also figuratively speaking, that's true. So we decided to really focus our efforts this year on strengthening local programs and their capacity so that they could better help their local communities. And we also recognized right away that the effects of this pandemic and recovery efforts, it was going to be a long game. This pandemic and the effects of it, it's clearly not going away overnight or anytime soon. So we chose to focus more on long-term sustainable learning opportunities rather than crisis-oriented or reactive trainings. So all of that is to say, we did contract with Main Street America this year to provide virtual trainings to local programs, really with the intent to build their capacity. And since May of this year, we've coordinated 13 trainings targeted at different stakeholder groups. So some of our trainings have been targeted for Main Street programs with paid staff. We have about I would, I would say around 30 organizations out of that 128 that have either part-time or full-time paid staff. So we did some targeted training for those groups. And then we also did some targeted training for Main Street programs with volunteer-driven um, members. So that could be just the board of directors, committee, volunteers. It's all volunteer-based. And then we also did some targeted trainings for board members. Some of the specific training topics have included deep dives into the four points that I mentioned earlier. Uh, we've also done some trainings on leadership development for executive directors, as well as leadership development training for boards. 
And then we also did a couple of statewide workshops on something we call transformation strategies. So for those who maybe haven't heard of that before, it really is an economic strategy and it's meant to articulate a focused, deliberate path to revitalizing or strengthening a downtown or the commercial district and its economy. And that transformation strategy should always be organized around the four points, economic vitality, design, promotion, and organization. And the strategy itself needs to be informed by an understanding of local and regional market data and sustain an inclusive community engagement. So we did offer trainings on these and plan to take local programs through that community-driven process to identify a transformation strategy throughout 2021. So we've, we've been really busy this year with lots of trainings. Well, and you've talked, you touched on a number of things uh, that I think are really critical as sort of that connection point. Uh, one thing I wanted to go back to, so you talked about uh, the, that the programs have, are, are accredited, but talk about what does that mean because uh, to be accredited by, for a local Main Street program, because I, 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 that's a new term relative to the Main Street program. What do they have to do to be able to achieve that? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's going to be changing soon with some of our new programmatic changes. The coordinating program is responsible for accreditation. And we, we navigate accreditation using the National Main Street Center's uh, 10 standards of accreditation. You can find all 10 of those standards on their website, but um, just to name a few, we, we are looking to see if a community has a historic preservation ethic. We're looking to see what their work plan looks like and if it's comprehensive and if it's driven by a strategy and if it's encompassing all four points of the Main Street approach. Um, we're looking to see if there is broad community and uh, financial support and public and private broad backing support. So we're looking for a variety of things. And depending on to the extent in which they meet those standards, they can be designated as one of two different categories right now. Um, right now, they could either be what we call Indiana accredited or state accredited. Um, that means they're meeting most of those standards. They just may not have a paid staff person or uh, a paid membership to the National Main Street Center. And then we have our nationally accredited programs. Those are the communities who are just, they're the cream of the crop. They have likely had a Main Street program in their community for a number of years. They have paid staff. Um, they have a strong organizational foundation, and they're able to successfully execute activities in the community. So right now, we typically have those two categories of state accredited and nationally accredited. Um, and yeah, we as a coordinating program, we go, we visit the community, we have a checklist with our standards that we use to evaluate the community and, and their organization to determine what accreditation level they fit in. Okay, that's helpful. And I and you, and you've talked about you've touched upon sort of the impact of downtown development on economic development, and that's probably shouldn't be a new concept, but certainly in the distant past, uh, economic development and downtown development were really seen as two very very different concepts. 
And it seems to me that there is much more of a complementary relationship now as economic development broadly has become a lot more complex now focusing on attracting workforce and new residents, really focusing in addition to adding investment, uh, maybe through an industrial park, but also recognizing the role the quality of life plays in all of that. So how do you see that connection in many communities between what your programs are doing in Main Street and the broader economic development goals in a community? Yeah, I think you make a really great point. And I think considering COVID-19 and its effects on local economies, placemaking in particular has the potential to create that long-term vitality while also strengthening and bringing cohesion to an environment that might be in desperate need of healing, especially in a post-COVID-19 world. So when we talk about economic development and downtown development, I think what we see with Main Street often is this emphasis on placemaking or what we're increasingly calling place activating because, right, we already have places that are there, they're already made, but we're just trying to activate them in new ways. So if we really want a downtown and its economy to be sustainable, we really have to help people become invested and therefore be intentional with our community spaces. And I don't think that we always give enough credit in the field of economic development to the power of place. Place means everything in our lives, and it cannot be overstated. Uh, Jeff Siegler talks in The Shape of Place about how the design of our environment impacts us as a society and as individuals. And I just really think that fostering that place attachment is an integral part of encouraging people to remain local and to help improve their communities while allowing smaller communities to reinvest themselves and to reinvent themselves in a way that emphasizes that authenticity. And Patrice Fry, she is our not are, but she is the CEO of National Main Street Center. And I wrote this quote down in preparation for our conversation today because I think it's so powerful. She says that there is this craving, this sense of place and connectedness that is only provided in small town America. Placemaking helps us unlock the power of place and intensity, that sense of connectedness. It is a path to longer term economic transformation. And I think that just speaks to how important partnerships are between sectors. Um, that's really going to help ensure that rural communities thrive and the partnerships help build placemaking opportunities for new and existing businesses to thrive. So to your point, by improving quality of life for residents and encouraging them to live, work, play in the community, we can really improve economic outcomes and growth. It's just really important that we work together across different sectors, maybe that haven't worked together very well in the past, to better align those partners to deliver a lasting impact. So I think, you know, we can't really talk about downtown development and economic development without talking about, like you said, quality of place. And I think a big part of that is placemaking. So you had introduced the term place activating. Is that from you? Is that from... Uh, national literature is that an emerging term? Uh, I, that's your. This is the first time I've heard that as a substitute for the phrase place making. So I actually I borrow that word from Sarah Marsum. She does a lot of consulting in the world of place making. She's actually from Ohio, 
Um, she's wonderful. She came in and did a, a training for some of our grantees for a particular grant. And that's where I first heard that term from. And I just thought, wow, that is so true because place making, it implies that there's no place there. And there are absolutely <laughs> communities and people and place that exist everywhere. And we just have to figure out the best way to activate those places. Okay, I like that. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang on to that term because I think it, it's a much more action-oriented phrase and uh, does, I guess, it does recognize the fact that there are assets, that there are, there are things happening. Uh, it's a matter of empowering some of the opportunities, some of the individuals, some of those assets that are there. So I like it because it's a, it's much more of an activist phrase. So I'll be I'll be exactly. adapting that as we say. So in preparation for this, you shared with me that there are going to be some changes that you'll be announcing very shortly uh, to the program. So so talk a little bit about then what's the future for the program and what are some of the changes that you're getting ready to announce. So I'll provide a little bit of context too, just to kind of frame these changes. So throughout 2019, OCRA has evaluated the scope and the mandate of the Main Street program. And during that period, OCRA also suspended accepting applications for new Main Street organizations until that evaluation could really be finalized. And so during that time, we've held feedback meetings with Main Street America, the Indiana Main Street Council, and OCRA staff throughout that process. And next week, uh, we are going to announce an improved program that we really feel will add value to new and existing members. And at the core of those changes and that improvement process was the development of a new levels system. So levels are commonly used in other Main Street coordinating programs. You'll find them in Georgia and Washington. And it's really a way to better support program participants. Main Street America, they've also been creating some of their own improvements at a national level, which has encouraged us at the coordinating level to have higher standards for both local Main Street communities as well as our coordinating program. And so it's really pushed us at OCRA to rethink our role and responsibility as a partner to Main Street America and as a partner to local communities. And so implementing this new level structure, we think that it allows it will allow OCRA staff to serve and better support Main Street communities who are actively working that Main Street approach. And we're also hoping it'll cultivate capacity building for communities that are eager to grow. So the level system, it's gonna establish clear expectations for programs interested in moving up to a higher accreditation. So to your point earlier about accreditation, essentially what we're doing now is adding one more category of accreditation. We'll have our nationally accredited groups, we'll have our Indiana accredited group, and then we'll have this new level here, um, Oakers Downtown Affiliate Network. But these levels, something we really do want to emphasize is that they're not intended to be hierarchical in nature. Instead, we really want the levels to serve as a structure that will allow OCRA to meet communities with resources that meet their current needs. So we're just trying to meet people where they are. Because that's something you see with Main Street too, is there's such a broad spectrum of capacity and resources at the local level. And so we want to be able to, to, to tailor our technical assistance to meet communities where they are. 
So the announcement of these program changes will formally be November 9th. Um, we'll have a press release announcing some of those larger changes, and then we'll have a couple webinars next week as well, November 12th and November 13th, going over these changes in detail. One new fun thing that I wanted to share is that in the past, only cities and towns with commercial districts were eligible to apply for designation by OCRA. But moving forward, the Main Street program will be open to cities, towns, plus individual neighborhoods with distinct commercial districts. So I know there have been some um, really great neighborhoods within Gary, for example, who were interested in the program who couldn't apply previously. Now they can because we're opening it up to um, neighborhoods within larger communities. So anyone listening, if you're interested in applying for the Main Street program, definitely reach out to your OCRA community liaison to make sure that your application is ready for, for it to be submitted. Well, so that'll be helpful and something for us to look forward to. And I like the idea because there are, I think, in some of those larger cities, I mean, I think you do see those commercial nodes that have sort of a self-contained uh, little area. And I think uh, sometimes there are uh, neighborhood groups and activists who are trying to make things happen in there and I think they get they've traditionally gotten lost a little bit in in uh, sort of the bigger context so I think that's a really exciting change how you're going to have that structured well yeah you're exactly right and I was just going to also add uh, that that's the great thing about Main Street and the Main Street approach is it really does provide that framework because it can feel very overwhelming to try to embark on something as big as revitalizing your downtown, whether that's in a neighborhood or a town or a city. And the Main Street approach it is a framework, but it's so flexible to where you can make it work for your specific community needs. So yeah, we're also really excited about that. Well, and you know, and, and I know, certainly as I've traveled through, you know, some of the, the cities in Indiana, but, but in other places. So for example, you know, I spent time in Pittsburgh and there were, there were like these little commercial nodes all around the city. I'm thinking about some commercial nodes that I've, I've visited and photographed like in Evansville, you know, where you do have these little pockets where there are, there's a bank branch and there's, you know, some local restaurants and there may be, you know, some local um, grocery stores that, you know, have some very, very unique architectural features just within the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, as I visit those, I always worry, you know, who's paying attention to those small commercial nodes within a community because, you know, at one time, you didn't travel around the city, you didn't go someplace to buy groceries, you walked two or three blocks away. And a lot of those structures and a lot of that's still in place, but you know, they're struggling because they are sort of lost in the middle of something much larger. So I, I really applaud the thinking behind all of that because I think that's really critical for preserving the quality of, of some of those communities and the neighborhoods within them. So uh, congratulations, I like that. Thank you. So Jackie, uh, I appreciate your time today. What haven't we talked about? What haven't we covered uh, that you want to make sure you get you talk about before we close today? So honestly, I, I really just want folks to know who are listening, I encourage you to take five minutes today to check and see if your community has a local Main Street program. 
We do have a directory on our Okra Indiana Main Street website where you can check to see where we have programs around the state. If you do have a local Main Street program in your community or even in your county or your region, I highly encourage you to reach out to them and see what volunteer opportunities there may be for you to support the program and the community. Like I said, Main Street is a community-driven process and it is nothing without local volunteers and helping hands. There are usually a variety of volunteer options available from being a board member, if you'd be interested in that, to being a committee member, or just volunteering at an event for a few hours. I'd also say if you are in a position where you have some authority and say in how local funds are distributed in your community, I would highly encourage you to consider advocating for financial support for your local program. We as Midwesterners, I always say, we don't like to brag on ourselves. We often have a hard time asking for help and support, especially when it comes to money. But the more resources that we have behind our local Main Street programs, I promise you the better off our communities will be for it. And that's often where we see them struggle the most, is finding that sustainable source of income and those sustainable uh, volunteers. So yeah, I think what I would want people to know that maybe we haven't touched on yet is that there's a good chance you have a local Main Street program in your community or your county, and they really, they, they need you to thrive. So I encourage you to reach out and make that connection. Well, I appreciate that. And, I, and as, we, as we talked about, I think there is probably a growing synergy between broader economic development goals and activities and, and downtowns. So I'm guessing that probably uh, many of our members probably are connected to the Main Street or at least are familiar with it. Um, but uh, I think those connections have become even more critical, again, as we think about uh, economic development in general becoming a much more complex activity that's really, I think, much more of a collaborative effort among a number of groups in a community. So I appreciate uh, you taking time uh, to help us better understand the Main Street program and some of the changes you're getting ready to make. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, I want to thank you, Jackie. Uh, for your time today, I've been talking with uh, Jackie Swihart, the Indiana Main Street Program Coordinator. She's with Okra, and uh, I appreciate this has been a, a very, very helpful to me anyway and very informative. So, Jackie, thank you for your time. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate it. This has been the IEDA In Your Ear podcast brought to you by Wabash Valley Power Alliance. Thank you for listening. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. All content in this podcast is copyright 2020 by the Indiana Economic Development Association and all rights are reserved. Mm -hmm.